Welcome in to Two Floor Drafts. Austin Gale here with my guy, Mike Renner. Best outfit I've seen in a couple days. Your Saturday Thank outfit, you. I would argue, much better, but I'm glad you're taming things down. Gold chain and all. Got a loaded podcast today. We're going to do our final 2020 season predictions, including the NFL, so offensive rookie, defensive rookie. Also going to do college football playoff predictions. Then we're going to preview all of the big-name rookies in week one, guys who are in starting roles, premier roles. Also going to look at some prospects to watch in college football week two. And then we got a segment after that around the bar three questions expectations for Clyde Edwards Hilaire in, in on Thursday and in year one which receiver from this group would you rather have Van Jefferson T Higgins or Brian Edwards and thirdly the Las Vegas Raiders are going to be starting two second year defensive backs and one and one first year defensive back Trayvon Mullen, Damon Arnett, and Jonathan Abram. How bad could that be? How bad could that be in Las Vegas this year? But before we jump to that, Renner, I need a highlight from your weekend. Give me a highlight from your weekend. It was a great weekend, actually. College football is back. Um, I'll give you I, I'll give you a low light. I stepped, you know this one. I stepped in a pond. Uh, <laughs> not like Michael Scott level stepping in a pond. It was close though. I like I just was standing next to a pond and thought it was a like like a ledge, and I put my foot just in a pond. So that wasn't the best, but that night ended well. Also, yeah, then you 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 somehow rallied from that. My low light from the weekend is I went on a coffee date, and uh, I don't really know how to end coffee dates. That was bad from the start. Coffee yeah, so I've just, never been on a coffee date. Like I just it was have no interest in that. Start to finish. Yeah. Go on this coffee date. I end up getting a coffee I don't like at this place I haven't been to. And you don't really know how to end a coffee date. Like you finish your coffee in about twenty minutes. So you just dip after that. I also don't have a car, so that was a hard end to the date as well. But she drive you then home. the Deshaun Watson news broke. And I was like, hey, I kind of just have to go. And then she's like, uh, okay, left. And I texted her after, had a good time. No text back in three days. So I feel like I didn't win that round. Yeah, you're never seeing her. Not, not seeing her again. Anyway, let's go ahead and get into these final predictions here. Starting with on the NFL side, go ahead and rip off the top your offensive rookie and defensive rookie of the year, your favorites to win those awards. I'm, I'm going to be so basic with this. But it's because they were by far and away the best two players hate in this picks. draft. And it's Joe Burrow at quarterback and Chase Young on the defense side of the ball. There, this, this isn't rocket science. Sometimes you can just say that the favorites are the favorites for a reason. And yes, I could foresee one of the handful of backs that went rounds one, rounds two, uh, even round three, uh, a couple of those guys winning rookie of the year. But to me, it's Joe Burrows to lose. He has all the weapons to do it. They're going to be behind in a lot of games with that defense. He's going to throw a lot. He's going to put up some nice stats. Uh, so I'm going to go with Joe Burrow on the offensive side. And then defense sides like Chase Young is far and away. Like yeah. If you're picking anyone else, you're pulling a goddamn name out of a hat at that point because Chase Young is the only one who is really legitimately looks like he should hit the ground running. I, I want to play devil's advocate for both of these, but I don't have a, an argument against the Chase Young one. For Joe yeah. Burrow, the only argument I have against that is, one, the offensive line still isn't good, and the weapons, Some of, there's some question marks with their weapons. A.J. Green needs to stay healthy. John Ross needs <laughs> to stay healthy. T. Higgins is a rookie. And also, in addition to that, I think the path to success – for rookies this year is so much harder for quarterbacks than it is for other positions like running back. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire yeah. would be my counter. That's who I have as my favorite for offensive rookie of the year because the path to success for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is so it's so easy. I mean, he's yeah. working with like the best team in football. He's on a super team. He's going to get next to no attention. Tyree Kill, Sammy Watkins, Travis Kelsey, Miko Hartman, Patrick Mahomes. So many other people are going to get attention in that offense that he just has to be on the football field to rack up stats, touchdown numbers, and yards numbers. I think we're going to preview 
preview him a little bit later in the show. And then my defensive rookie of the year was Patrick Queen, who I mm-hmm. I think Chase Young's a favorite for a reason. I don't see him getting unseated. But Patrick Queen, I think, as the starter in Baltimore, could rack up a ton of tackles behind Calais Campbell and that big defensive line. Yep. I'll say I, I like your point about running backs being the odds on favorites or should be the favorites because the the offseason, the abbreviated offseason, really puts wide receivers and quarterbacks behind the eight ball. Terrible but I think spot. the defensive side of the ball, defensive linemen have the easiest assignment, you know, on a per play basis, don't have to know a playbook. Jamin Klein who's coming in this weekend is going to start. Mm-hmm. Like you don't need to be there four months to play well along the defensive line. I think if you're calling out plays as a linebacker, you have to learn schemes as a cornerback. It's going to be very difficult for you. That's why even like Jeffrey Okuda is not even the starter right now or not named the starter at cornerback, despite being the third overall pick is just because it's difficult to get up to speed that quickly in only a few weeks of practice. So I do think, uh, my pick is right for defensive rookie of the year, not yours. <laughs> I think that's that's fair enough. All right, let's jump to offensive player and defensive player of the year. My guys, Dak Prescott for offensive player of the year, which has kind of been the fun one or kind of a common one in the offseason. And defensive player of the year, I actually have Nick Bosa. I think Nick Bosa is going to dominate along the San Francisco uh, 49ers defensive line. Those are my two picks. Give me yours. Have you ever looked at, like, offensive player of the year voting? It's a travesty. No, I have not. Because... Are you a voter? Realistically, uh, no, I'm not. I, like, it should be a lot of time... It sometimes is the MVP, sometimes the quarterback who's the MVP, and then sometimes there's been a quarterback who's not the MVP. Drew Brees won in 2011, even though Aaron Rodgers was the MVP, which it's like... That's weird. That's weird. And then sometimes it's like wide receivers or running backs. So it's kind of all over the map. I'm going to go with Devontae Adams with that in mind because I do think Aaron Rodgers throws touchdowns in the red zone, two wide receivers. Like, that has been his M.O., that's why guys like James Jones have led the league in touchdowns with the Green Bay Packers. Jordan Nelson led the league in touchdowns for years in his career. I, I think that's Devontae Adams this year. If he plays a full season healthy, missed a handful of games last year, would have had a monster season. Plays a full season, 15 or so touchdowns, 1,600 yards. I think he's shooting for O-P-O-Y at that O-P-O-Y. I just don't think the Green Bay Packers are going to get into the red zone a ton this year. Okay, I think that boo. offense has taken a bit of a step back this year with the, the commitment to A.J. Dillon it's, and his quads. I disagree. I, they just lost Brian Balaga, the only guy, and then he was like he was dinged up. But how much year. is the philosophy change going to impact this Green Bay Packers I think it's team? good. I, I think it's not going to be worse. They weren't good. They weren't a good offense last year, so Fair. I think it can only get better. So. All right, your defensive player of the year candidate. I mean, I could go chalk and be Aaron Donald once again, whatever, even though I don't know he's kind of trending down run. of late. Aaron Donald's <laughs> not in the best of graces on the timeline. Def- defensive, though, I'm going to go with Miles Garrett. I think he has something to prove. On he's his tear. Lo- he's a little pissed off. Oh, yeah. As pissed off as Miles Garrett. Uh, probably not as pissed off as he was in the moment, but I think he's a little mad still. Um, and a motivated Miles Garrett is a scary thought because that dude is a mo- – like, he is on athletically on the freakishness of an Aaron Donald. Like, he has that – level of performance in him i think we're going to see it this year all right mvp choices i put dak prescott he won offensive player of the year and mvp in my predictions he didn't go off that wacky spectrum but you have a different pick i'm going to go through breeze and i'm going to say it's because more of a lifetime achievement mvp if he's even close Mm -hmm. they almost gave that to him a couple years ago but then mahomes was just so far and away yeah i think if it's a debate this year people are going to say he's never won one he got that offense player of the year when in 2011 when Rodgers won the MVP. What were we thinking? I'm going to go Drew Brees if I think he's in the conversation. They're going to be like 14 and two. That team is a fucking powerhouse yeah. right now. And if his arm doesn't fall off in the playoffs again, I have them as a Super Bowl pick. But I do think Drew Brees gets his MVP. You you also picked Mickey Loomis as your executive of the year. Yeah. Talk to me about that. Well, I mean, he built the best roster in the NFL. It's there's a not a, there's team, not a really. debate about it. Like it is the best roster in the NFL. He did it with a little bit of cat magic and 
a lot of pushing some cap hits into the future and maybe a 2021 season that's going to be a nightmare in New Orleans. But if it comes with the Super Bowl, that's how you win executive of the year, in my opinion. I, I do think that he did a masterful job of assembling this roster, even if it did take uh, some short-sightedness. You know, you know who my pick is? Jerry Jones. I think Jerry Jones, if the Dallas Cowboys do what a lot of people are expecting them to do this year with Mike McCarthy and company, with CeeDee Lamb in a future role, Trayvon Diggs potentially starting, Neville Gallimore in the third round, and extending Jalen Johnson, or not Jalen Johnson, Jalen Smith, Ezekiel Elliott, Dak Prescott handling that situation. I think if the Dallas Cowboys can go the distance, I'm talking NFC Championship even, get into the Super Bowl, I think I could see Jerry Jones looking Wouldn't into it. Wouldn't it be Steven Jones? Like, do owners win executive of the years? I, maybe they don't. But he has such a big hand in it. Yeah, I mean, he does. Yeah, and yeah, like yeah. He is like Maybe Steven Jones is probably the better pick. But yeah, I think I think he technically has the position okay. of... Okay, well, Steven so. Jones. But Jerry Jones Jerry's is the puppet fun. master over there. So yeah. it'd be, by association, uh, Jerry Jones. All right, pick... So you're all in on the Cowboys. I'm all in like. on the Cowboys. Dak Prescott, I mean, you kind of have to... Have, these are correlated in a lot of ways. So yeah. if you're making predictions, you're going to... And they did MVP, make some nice moves, even though they lost Byron Jones. Like, bringing in what they brought on the defensive line, Everson Griffin, Alden Smith, that could be a really good defensive line. Like... I'm Marcus not saying Lawrence. it also could be worse than they had last year when they had Robert Quinn. But I think to maneuver the cap the way they did and to get that, even though it took maneuvering the cap because they still paid Ezekiel Elliott a ton of money, I still think it was a good offseason for them. It's all in Dak, how they were Dak, at the beginning Mike of the offseason. McCarthy, and that offense. If yeah. they can live up to expectation and put up points as we expect, I think they could be really, really good because the defense doesn't have to be that good to be common in the NFL. Like looking at the Chiefs, like Chiefs were what? Top 10 defense last year, top 15, but they put up a ton of points. I think the Dallas Cowboys, yeah. you do follow that with the weapons they have. Mark Cooper, Michael Gallup, people like Blake Jarwin in camp, Dak Prescott. I mean, Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott is a decent two-headed monster, and the offensive line is up there with the best in football put up the points to prove it, attack explosive plays. And I think Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, whoever it may be, executive of the year. College football playoff predictions now. You went pretty basic with this one as well, but I like your fourth pick. Mm. I'm Clemson, Alabama. That one just, just because of how high people are on them right now, they could lose a game. I think they're still going to be in the college yep. football playoff, also because we've lost like half the teams that could feasibly be in the college football playoff. And then I'm going to go a little different in the Big 12, I think Texas. Takes really? the Big 12. This is Sam Ellinger's year. They got they got a really good offensive line. Sam Ellinger, I know they lost a lot of wide receivers there, but I, I still think that's going to be one of the best offenses in college football, and they have some playmakers on that defense. I think Texas sneaks into, is is back. I think they're sneaking, sneakily back? back. I think they might sneak into the playoffs. And I'm going to go UCF because if a team, Disaster. like I said, with Pac-12 and Big 12 not playing, if a team roll, runs the table – in a group of five conference, I think this is the year they're going to win. Not the University of Cincinnati Bearcats. Not our Bearcats okay. in the AAC. They're not my Bearcats. You don't believe in Desmond Ritter. I believe in Dylan Gabriel far more than I believe in Desmond Ritter. And they got a super fast running back in Greg McRae. And they got Ooh, Richie I like Greg Grant. McCray. I forgot he's still on that team. Safety we were talking about him end. last year. Yes. And Richie Grant, safety on the back end, playmaker. Both very fast. Uh, I think UCF has the talent to run the table and Let's sneak in. Let's they, they, they would let him in if they go undefeated. The committee is going to say, we're going to give UCF. We, don't, give we don't need that headache again. I kind of love that. All right, my picks were Clemson, Alabama. And then after that, Rattler and Oklahoma. Yeah, I think they could, I, they could yeah. sneak in for Big 12. And then my fourth pick, I can't believe you didn't yeah. pick these guys. You showed me up. You fucking... Golden Domer, Homer. I got Notre Dame sneaking in. Ian Book <sighs> and company. I, I really like their defense. Offensive line is obviously still really good. I think Notre Dame, again, playing the ACC, I think they could they could sneak in. They're another team that's going to have a really good schedule this year that if they win some football games ahead of some, you know, everyone after Clemson, I think they could sneak into the back end there. Yeah, the only thing is they'd have to, I think, beat Clemson twice. 
so they'd have to beat them during really? the regular season and then beat them in the uh they're in different uh, sides of the conference I true think, right true. so they would have to beat them twice which oh is yeah just, that's probably unlikely then yeah okay now i kind of hate it I but like I don't know. Maybe four- if they split though this thing is like if they do split that then it would be interesting yeah i'll take that i'll take that all right let's go ahead and jump into make a quick transition here to our nfl week one preview uh i really just went through we went through all the games and looked at rookies that are in a position in these week one games to have an impact that are starting or going to see high you know rotation because after this week when we preview the nfl we're going to talk about rookies versus good matchups rookies versus rookies and really just highlight guys within specific games that will have value but this week i really want to look at every game and think about who are the rookies in these matchups that are going to have to stand out and have impact plays starting from week one starting with thursday night kansas city chiefs houston texans chris collinsworth calling the game george working behind the scenes everyone this is my prediction everyone's going to overreact to clyde edward Tiller lighting it up i'm predicting 100 plus yards in game one multiple tds potentially you're thinking just kareem hunt Right out the gate when he yeah, just rolled I'm, over. Yes, the, that, that's uh, exactly what I'm thinking. I think Clyde Edwards Slayer is going to see the volume in a high octane offense enough to gain yards and put up points. And I think everyone's going to be on this guy from the jump as, you know, this this star, well worth the first round pick, exactly what the Chiefs needed, the missing piece. No, I think he's they're going to overreact to that, but he's still going to perform really well in this week one game. See, I still don't think their interior offensive line is great. Like, I, I don't foresee them being as good as they were when they did have Kareem Hunt. And then at that point, I don't think their running game is going to be quite as have the teeth. So I think he'll be involved in the passing game, though. I don't. I don't think he goes quite Kareem Hunt right out the gate. I think he okay. just has like a solid seventy-five yards, forty receiving, something like that. One splash player too. Yeah. Okay. Any. Um, what What is your overall? We'll get to this. Willie later. Gay is the one who's going to make that impact. Willie That's Gay. who I want. Willie to see. Gay Jr. is another name I mentioned. We finally get to watch Willie Gay Jr. play football for the Kansas City Chiefs in what is a very good secondary too. Getting Juan yeah. Thornhill back, Tyron Matthew obviously there. I think Willie Gay is going to is have a very positive impact on the defense. No clue if he sees the field. He brought. He obviously didn't barely see the field at Mississippi State, but he'll I, find I the do field. Special that, teams at least. He's making a play. I do think that. You know, third downs. I mean, he's a massive upgrade for Anthony Hitchens, Damian Wilson, whatever they had there before. All right, jumping to the Cleveland Browns taking on the Baltimore Ravens. I think the the split on this, I think, is at plus seven, maybe even plus seven and a half in some spots. I encourage everyone to check out PFF, PFF.com, specifically NFL and NCAA Green Line, to get our projections on each game for against the spread, money line, etc. But Patrick Queen was the, the name I wanted to highlight this game, who's expected to start. Defensive player of the year, expected. It, expected to be the defensive player of the year per myself. Going against Kevin Stefanski, Nick Chubb, Cream Hunt, this running game, this play action heavy. This yeah. is going to be a test. He's in a blender, right? The, the, the this is a blender and a half. Yeah, that's going to be, it's just going to be difficult, like for him with what they throw <laughs> He's at. He's going to have you. to play really, really fast. And, and I do think that that Browns offensive line much improved from what we saw last year. They've always had a good interior. So that's even scarier considering what their run game could be. Nick Chubb averaged over five a game last year with, you know, not a great offensive line, only gotten better. Yeah, I I don't think it's going to be great for Patrick Queen out the gate, but if it is, I mean, that's going to bode well for the rest of the year. I mean, it's just going to be such a tall order. We've talked about it all offseason about how much these rookies that are going to be in premier roles are going to struggle out of the gate mm-hmm. because they haven't had the opportunity to play in the preseason and adjust, really adjust to the speed of the NFL. And when Stefanski's calling play action at the rate he is and they're running right at you with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, yeah. the NFL is was, just that much faster. It was, was it Kyle Shanahan said something like, 
uh, these rookies always, you know, preseason game one and two, they come in thinking they know the playbook, they know what's going on, and then all of a sudden the game's way too fast for them. And that's preseason, and then by the end of preseason, they're up kind of up to speed. Place. They realize, you know, how the game, how fast the game moves. It's going to be week one and two of the regular season, unfortunately, now, this year. Like, you just you need that live rep, those live, uh, like I said, live reps to mm-hmm. get up to speed, seeing something different than what your team runs and you just can't replicate scout team uh when compared to scout teams can't replicate what you're going to see when it's actually you know pro bowl caliber players out there all right jumping to makai becton new york jets taking on the buffalo bills makai becton versus a combination of jerry hughes trent murphy maybe aj Vanessa if he works there in rotation I'd be really interested to see Mikai Becton exceed expectations in this game. Jerry Hughes is a strong a nice defender. Test. I think this yeah. is a good test. It's not Miles Garrett, Khalil Mack, someone who just could just pants him in week one. But these are good NFL edge defenders, two guys that have been around the league for a while. If Mikai Becton can come out of this with one, two pressures allowed, really exceed what we thought of him coming out of um, Louisville, yeah. I, I think it would be a really encouraging sign for a New York Jets team that's not going to look good this year. Like, the New York Jets aren't going to be good in 2020, mm-hmm. regardless of the step that Sam Darnold takes. The offense doesn't have enough weapons. Defensively, they're pretty dismantled. However, if Mekhi Becton can look the part out of the gate against this trio, I, I'd be really encouraged if I was a New York Jets fan. And the thing is, Jerry Hughes throws something at him that he really – you don't see much in college. He, he's a guy that can get to the edge and then bend the edge. Mm-hmm. Like, a guy who is really going to test – uh, how quickly you can get depth in your stance, how much can you uh, defend that outside move. And so, like I said, that's something you just don't see much in college. There aren't a lot of athletes. There aren't a lot of guys athletic enough to really force your hand as an offensive tackle. So right out the gate, we're going to see, is he ready to deal with something like that? Because I, I don't think he saw, like I said, I don't think he saw a bunch of that at Louisville last year. It's going to be like Hughes lines up over left tackle. So it's going to be him the most of the game. All right. Jumping to the Las Vegas Raiders taking on the Carolina Panthers. I believe that game is in Carolina. We've talked about this Raiders team. We're going to get that at the Around the Bar segment. But Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards, and Damon Arnett are all expected to be in, you know, premier roles in this game. Give me expectations for all three guys. I My, my take off the start, Henry Ruggs is going to see a lion's share of the targets. Brian Edwards has a couple splash plays in contested catch situations. And Damon Arnett either shines bright with multiple passes defensed or – gets absolutely dismantled by this Carolina Panthers receiving core that I feel is underrated. Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel. I, I think it's either sky high for Damon Arnett or a flounder out of week one. Well, so I think I've made this point on a previous podcast. Like the rookie, the rookie wide receivers have looked good for the Raiders, but it's also who they're going <laughs> up against in that secondary. That might have part of the reason why they've looked so good is because I just don't know how – how good Damon Arnett and Trayvon Muller are going to be this year. And those are your starting outside corners. You're relying on two guys who are completely unproven. And again, Jonathan Abram at safety, who played, you know, like what, half a game last year before he had that shoulder injury. So it's really kind of just up in the air right now. Obviously, we weren't high on any of those guys coming yeah. out. <laughs> they, they were way higher. They got drafted far higher than our eval was of them. And there's uh, Abram and uh, Mullen showed us nothing last year to really disagree with you know our initial eval. So that's just where we stand on them is that don't think it's going to be great. The secondary has a lot of unknowns, and yep. unknowns to a diehard fan are hope. Mm-hmm. Unknowns to a diehard fan are like, wow, this guy <laughs> could be good. You know, Damon Arnett could yeah. be good. We drafted him in the first round. Trayvon Mullen was a highly touted second-round pick out of Clemson. Jonathan Abram hits hard. 
and I, I liked him on Hard Knocks. So there was a lot of I optimism. Hated him on hard knocks. <laughs> well, I didn't like him on Hard the Knocks, salmon, but Raiders fans will like him on Hard Knocks. But those unknowns quickly turn into bad things if you don't live up to those expectations. How about and, when? Jonathan Abram. The salmon thing. Don't bring up the salmon. Started selling salmon shirts, and then he tries to like call Antonio Brown a sellout or something. I was like, you were literally selling salmon shirts. I don't know. I, I can't bring it up. I, let's not bring it up. But yeah. again, it's gonna be Laura Marcus Joyner, Jonathan Abram, Trayvon Mullen, Damon Arnett, and I think Nevin Lawson in the slot, and then Eric Harris, that core special teamer that could mix in at safety as well. Like again, so many question marks in that secondary behind a pass rush. With more question marks. Well, I was going to say, the pass rush is definitely better than last year. The front seven has much improved. That will obviously make your back end look better. Like, they've improved pretty much everywhere else. If these guys, like, if that secondary group really all hits, you get you drafted all you know, stars, star, like all quality starters there, they have a chance to compete yeah. in the AFC West. But that's a big if because the rest of the roster is pretty quality at this point. Like, mm -hmm. they've done well to shore up that defensive line. I like the Malik Collins signing this offseason. Maurice Hurst, expecting big things out of him in Max year Crosby three. Looked good and the linebackers, you know, night and day from where they were last year with Corey Littleton, uh, Nick Wyckowski, and then trading for Raekwon McMillan. So there's reasons for hope on this roster. I just don't see the secondary as one of them. I think the if is too big, man. The if is too big yeah. when, you're, when your if is relying on young secondary too. Like young, it takes a yeah. while to be good in the NFL at that position. So I'm interested to see how it ends up. All right, moving to the Detroit Lions taking on the Chicago Bears. Jalen Johnson versus Detroit's receivers. I, I think that'll be very interesting to see. Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones are both skilled players. And Jeffrey Okuda not listed as a starter, but if he can get in the mix, I'd like to see a little Okuda versus Allen Robinson. Who am I? Who am I to hope for something great, Mike. Yeah, and uh, I, I would also like to see if Quintess Cephas actually sees the field because he was getting rave reviews in camp. He was one of the guys that, you know, said it was fighting for playing time even though they had three established starters in Amandola Jones and Galladay. So interesting to see if he gets any run. But yeah, the, the one I want to see is just Jalen Johnson. He's going up against a quality wide receiving core. Everyone and their mother is pimping out Matt Stafford this year as comeback player of the year. Could My mother be. actually Matt really is pimping him out. Sure. <laughs> and so if Jalen Johnson, he was uh, my pick for the highest graded rookie corner. I think he's going to hit the ground running. Hit the ground running against Kenny Galladay we'll and Marvin Jones. That. That's going to be tough. It's a tall. Yeah. If he comes out handful of PBUs and doesn't give up explosive plays, I could get on board. The best, my favorite topic on the, today's show: Indy versus Jacks. Who is James Robinson, the starter, the starting running back I in see. Jacksonville out of Illinois State, right? Yeah. Or something along those he lines. He is an absolute unit. The guy is like 5'8", 220, something. Oh, like man. He's squat. He is. Hell, he had like a, almost a 40-inch vertical at the combine, but he's just he's not fast. He's like mm -hmm. a 4'6-something guy. But he's going to churn, you know, a few yards out of uh, – They got a lot of plotters in that They kind of do. I mean, yeah, Reichel Armstead, Armstead is the biggest dude. Those um, are all – James Williams. Like no, no change of pace back. Like all the same pace. Well, Chris Thompson. Chris okay. Thompson can be that change of pace depending if he can stay healthy for more than a few games. That that Jacksonville backfield, everyone's talking about who do we take now that Leonard Fournette's gone in fantasy. I wouldn't touch that. I would say none of that. They're not going to be in the red zone a lot. They're going to be cycling through backs. I, I, and the offensive line isn't all that great. I, I would be very – I would steer clear of the Jacksonville Jaguars offensive or, um, backfield. All right, jumping to Minnesota Vikings taking on the Green Bay Packers. Do we see Justin Jefferson take on a little bit of Josh Jackson? Well, he or maybe listed a as the starter this he, past week. He wasn't? Ola B.C. Johnson was In the slot, really? Well – uh, so, yeah, and they don't run a lot of three wide. So, interesting to see oh, what so actually happens there. Now, that might just be, you know, gamesmanship, whatever. He was their first-round pick, and uh, Olabese Johnson was a seventh-rounder who wasn't very good last year. So, 
I, I don't know exactly what to make of that, but that is where they did list uh, that unofficial depth chart. Did say. Interesting. So maybe a bigger question or a bigger thing to watch will be Minnesota's rookie cornerbacks getting into action. Yeah. Because Jeff Gladney has had some work in the slot. I think they played Cameron Dantzler a ton in camp. Do we see them take on Devontae Adams and company? Or are you looking for that as a potential matchup to watch? Yeah, I, I do want to see. I just want to see how both the, the corners and the wide receiver and Justin Jefferson does shake out in terms of playing time there. Are those guys going to step in right away, or is it just going to be Holton Hill and Mike Hughes on the outside uh, saying basically they're not up to speed yet early, which Mike, uh, Mike Zimmer doesn't, doesn't sugarcoat it with his rookies. Just because you're a first-rounder doesn't mean you're getting thrown out there. Uh, and just doesn't You have to earn your spot in that secondary. So I don't Which I, I respect. Foresee, yeah. It, it doesn't uh, bend over backwards to those guys. So there's no – they may not play. Miami Dolphins taking on the New England Patriots. Biggest thing that stands out to me, you mentioned this, I think, on the previous pod or a two-minute drill, whatever it was. Um, this Miami Dolphins line, offensive line is bad. So bad. They're going to be potentially starting two rookies in Solomon Kinley and Austin Jackson. Yeah. That is a huge concern for me. I, I, I think there's a reason Ryan Fitzpatrick is starting. It's because you don't want Tua Tungavailoa to suffer another catastrophic injury to his other hip. Outside of the disastrous offensive line, Austin Jackson, USC thing. offensive tackle, we weren't super high on coming out that – largely got drafted in the first round for his tools i still think as as high as the dolphins were on him there's no way they think this kid will hit the ground running the biggest flaw from every draft analyst for him was that he was raw and still needed to get a lot better still very young so starting him out of the gate will be interesting the name i actually care about that i want to see have success early on noah igbenogany the auburn cornerback potentially Mm -hmm. starting in the slot inside of xavian howard and um byron jones if xavian can get off the COVID list in time yeah that uh that secondary is going to be exciting for the Dolphins. I'm stoked. Very talented. Legitimately the Cornerback group. I mean, they paid a lot for it. I almost bought a it, flight to South Beach this very, morning. It's also going to be it. very interesting. I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> but on the flip side, as good as I think that secondary perform, I think this offensive line is the worst one in the NFL. On paper, I don't see how it turns out well for them. Uh, the only thing they have going for them is that Ryan Fitzpatrick's fairly good at not getting himself killed. So, uh why he's still in the league after yeah. 40 years that's about all they have i think the patriots win to. this one handily and i think you see a lot of concerns with the dolphins offensive line hopefully you see some bright spots from noah benogany but like again this dolphins yeah. team is not competing for like, not competing for a super bowl in 2020 guys i apologize yes. this Nothing isn't their year but i think you want to see your rookies progress take this experience and learn from it and win with it in 2021 all right next game here philadelphia eagles taking on the washington football team Chase Young, your defensive player of the year candidate, has a great test. Lane Johnson, yeah. Jason Peters, if he blows it up, five-plus pressures in week one, and I'm grabbing the Hall of Fame jacket, going full Chad Cinco on the sidelines because this is a really good test for a guy who had no preseason at all, taking on very two very good offensive tackles in the NFL. Yeah, I'm excited for this one. It'll just give us kind of where he's at. And like you said, if, if he comes out— will tell you out, where Jason Peters is at, too. Yeah, if he comes out and— looks like i don't know the chase young we saw last year to any degree it's gonna be scary like it's it's gonna be chase young's league for the next decade then at that point because if he's doing that to two quality tackles like peters and johnson that's he's gonna do it to everyone i wanted to highlight the eagles receivers jalen rager though probably not healthy enough to suit up for this game yep. but jj ortega whiteside Bang. another opportunity against the washington football team secondary he's their number one receiver right not now, all right? that great I'd love to see J-Jaw rip it up, just just for the boys, you know, just for the brand. We need a J-Jaw Week One Dominator. Right? Yeah, we want, I, I mean, want the DFS community getting into it. I want you pin your reputation to guys yeah. in that one. We 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 need we I need a, it pretty hot. We need an Ortega Whiteside blow up in Week One. Just give it to me. All right, next next game here. This one I think I think it starts in the four four o'clock slate on Sunday. 
should be a must watch for a lot of people because I think there's a lot of fun storylines between these two teams despite be, neither of them really being yeah, Holy Grail. Super Bowl contenders. Joe Burrow versus the Los Angeles Chargers defense. We get first look at Joe Burrow in the NFL. Also, first look at the Chargers defense without Derwin James, but adding Chris Harris Jr., Jeff Joey Burn. Bosa, Melvin Ingram. This is a test. Joe Burrow, I, I was talking to someone with the Inquirer recently, Cincinnati Inquirer, and, and they're saying, are we predicting a week one win for Joe Burrow? And I said, it could be a lot like the Clemson game from this past year, where it kind of started slow. They threw a lot at him, wasn't getting into a rhythm, but by the back end of the first quarter, second quarter, started to find it. I think if he gets comfortable before the first half ends and can really get into a rhythm against his Chargers defense, I think the Cincinnati Bengals win in week one. Ooh, uh, it's going to be tough. I'm going <laughs> to say, I don't think this is, this is not the team you light up. No one's going to really light up this defense. Even without Derwin James, it's a damn good secondary mm -hmm. and a very potent defensive line and edge rushing group. So in that perspective, I just don't – I would temper expectations week one. But I do think the, the Bengals could very well win this game. Like the Chargers don't have much going for them offensively either. The offensive line is still pretty rough. Uh, they're starting they got new faces Taylor. on offense too. Yeah, so I don't think this is a lock for the Chargers by any means. But – It'll be fun to see what Joe Burrow can do, I'll just say. Man, and that, that Bengals offensive line, we've talked about it ad nauseum, but he is going to be under pressure more than he was at LSU. How he reacts to that, how he keeps a cool head will be interesting to watch. All right, next game here, Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus New Orleans Saints. Two things I wanted to highlight, Tristan Wirfs and Cesar Ruiz, two rookie offensive linemen expected to start in this game. What are your expectations for those two? Yeah, I think Ruiz... I have no issues with him, but he gets, you know, a hell of a test here going up against Vita Vea. Yeah. And maybe the, maybe the most difficult nose tackle to block one-on-one -on -one in the NFL today. So that'll be fun to watch, but I think he's going to have a very good rookie season, just the way Eric McCoy did last year. I think it's going to be very similar. Uh, he gets Vea, Sue, it'll be tough for him. So I, I do think that'll be a nice litmus test, but Tristan Wirfs gets an even tougher matchup going against Cameron Jordan all day long yikes that's what he kind of struggled against last year too it wasn't you it was think this guy yeah you think it's this guy who you know freakish weightlifting numbers it's the bigger dudes that really get, took advantage of on the guys that get into his pads and then kind of toss this him around be, a little this bit could be so ugly. it could be <laughs> Cameron one, Jordan is is again I've said this before I'll say it again one of the most underrated if not the most underrated player in the NFL Tristan Wirfs better be ready for a dog fight because this is not going to be clean this yeah. is going to be a nasty matchup for Tristan Wirfs I'm, I'm excited to see that one other they mentioned I'm um, excited to watch is Antoine Winfield Jr. and a very young Tampa Bay Buccaneers secondary that is just like loaded with guys that get their hands on the ball Carlton yeah. Davis, Jamel Dean, Antoine Winfield Jr., a ton of guys that really, uh, Mike Edwards, that you know, fly the football. I think that secondary, though ranked 32nd, I think, by NFL Network heading into the 2020, I think could uh, outperform some expectations there. I think they could be better than that. Uh, San Francisco 49ers taking and on. Winfield's starting. He's yeah, Win no, Winfield yeah. is starting. Which is great. Like Mike Edwards, third round pick last year. We weren't fans of his, but Antoine Winfield, the fact they're starting right away, very good sign. Uh, I mean, the, a difficult position. He was. Like he had a high floor coming out, though. If he could stay healthy, a very yeah. instinctual player, smart as hell. We, I talked yeah. to him a handful of times. I think he was on the podcast. I, I'm not surprised that he's picking up the playbook quickly. I'm not surprised that they, he's already impressing in camp. This guy has it. No, yep. he has it. You see it, uh, obviously. All right, San Francisco 49ers taking on the Arizona Cardinals. I am going to be watching this game for the Arizona Cardinals. I want to see the step that Kyler Murray takes. I want to see Andy Abel. Is he a, is, whoa. Andy Isabella in a new number, hopefully in a more premier role. Well, in what's he wearing this year? I didn't see that. I think he's in a new number. I th it's not 89 anymore. I think it's oh, 17. Yeah, 17. Um, but let's focus on the rookies. San Francisco, 
two guys that should be getting a ton of snaps early in their uh, NFL careers, Brandon Ayuk and Javon Kinlaw. Stepping up into big roles as yeah. well. Do you see these guys hitting the ground running? I'm not sure. I think Ayuk is going to get the ball in his hands. Like I said, I think I said this during draft time. Kyle Shanahan is going to be able to get the ball into his hands. Maybe he's not going to be polished and like Debo Samuel last year, but he'll get touches and be productive on those touches. Like his after the catch ability will translate right away. Kinlaw, I could see struggling out the gate. Like he had some real issues in terms of pad level that he just needs tools, to get more consistent. Still need to get better. Just tools. Not yes. tools. Sorry, uh, passers. <laughs> Pass I, I was thinking of the tool belt. <laughs> yeah, For whatever reason, belt. I was thinking of the tool belt. There you go. I was like, dude, that guy's got all the tools. But <laughs> he needs uh, to get taller. Yeah, he needs to get <laughs> stronger. No, um, he's. I, I just could foresee him not being. You know, he's not going to be DeForest Buckner, which is what they're hoping he'd be right out the gate. Uh, the other side of the ball, though, is interesting because Isaiah Simmons. Not starting right away. Not listed as a starter for the Cardinals. Maybe a little worrisome. Eighth overall pick. That's a pretty high draft pick to not be starting, especially when Devondre Campbell ahead of him. Like not not elite high level starters there that they got in, ahead of him. So a little iffy. We'll just say. Uh, hopefully that's not a long term thing. Dallas Cowboys taking on the Los Angeles Rams. First two picks for the Dallas Cowboys, CeeDee Lamb and Trayvon Diggs. I'm excited for both of them. Both of them will be involved on their respective sides of the ball early. Trayvon Diggs going to get tested in this game against a very good receiving core, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. Maybe we get a little Van Jefferson in there as well. Those guys need to step up. Again, I, I think a key piece to my Stephen Jones executive of the year prediction, Dak Prescott winning the MVP, is these those two guys, and even including Neville Gallimore to step in place of Malik Collins, need to show up. They were highly regarded picks. They were drafted highly in the yeah. 2020 draft. If they show up and perform at or exceed expectations, this Dallas Cowboys team just gets that much better and becomes that much more legit as a Super Bowl contender in 2020. When you knock a draft class really out the park, you're one. That's how you go from you know an 8-8 eight and eight team that's how you to a 13-3. That's, yeah, how, you that's how you become the Saints. Where you just knock a draft class out where it's just like game changer at multiple valuable positions. This has the potential to be that. I think it's going to be that, truthfully. Uh, and so seeing them week one, it's going to be – I don't even think CeeDee Lamb doesn't have too much of a test. I don't think he's going to go up against Jalen Ramsey too much. Uh, I think they're going to use Ramsey to go against Amari Coop. Cooper. And then after that – fucking love Coop, dude. I mean, can't I love wait. David Long So for the Rams, so I can't David too Long much. could mix in but, too. But uh, I do think CeeDee Lamb should go – should be able to have himself a day. Man, super exciting. I, mean, I, I, I was talking to Zach Robinson recently. That hmm. last Los Angeles Rams – interior offensive line is is apparently not great it's it's a little i mean ugly. apparently we knew that <laughs> like, but i mean to... it's not it's not that much better than it was last year so a lot of people that are jumping on the yeah. cam Akers train daryl henderson you know ground and pound i'd be legit nervous i do not think this offensive line is going to be great I, I i i'm nervous about this rams offense as a whole because I'm, of it. i'm not sure it can be worse though than what Akers had last year true but well that was the worst offensive line I've seen in football last year, college football at least. Yeah. Uh, two more games here Monday night, and then we'll jump to the college football stuff um, after this. Andrew Thomas taking on two of the best, you know, nah, I won't call Bud Dupree one of the best edge fairs in the NFL, but a very good defense in the Steelers taking on TJ Watt and Bud mm -hmm. Dupree. I want to see this. Yeah. Because I, 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 I want to see Dupree mostly, Watt's yeah. left side. So he'll go against Bud Dupree, which I think you should have a good shot against he Bud Dupree. Win like against that's, Bud Dupree. That's going up against Dupree's kind of just a power. Uh, speed to power sort of rusher wins a little off the edge uh, but not that's not his bread and butter he's more trying to go through you and Thomas didn't really have problems with that that mm -hmm. was not the problem that uh, Thomas ran into at Georgia so he didn't run into a lot of problems at Georgia that's also true so <laughs> I, I do think uh, Thomas 
if he does struggle, that's going to be concerning. That's Andrew Thomas, New York Jets, New York Giants left tackle, PFF's number one tackle in the 2020 class going against Bud Dupree and maybe maybe a taste of TJ Watt. Maybe he mixes on the other side. We'll see how it goes. Last game here before we jump to college football. The Denver Broncos have a lot of rookies expected to play a lot this year, especially yeah. that, uh, you know, recently releasing, um, I'm forgetting his name now, the Fun. corner. Oh, Isain Bassey starting the slot. Yeah, yeah. Isain Bassey starting the slot. They say Michael O.J. Moutier, OJ Moutier outside. M- might also start outside. Then you have Jerry Judy, obviously, starting at receiver. K.J. Hamler will get mixed in. Lloyd Cushenberry starting along the offensive line. Yeah. Everyone wants to talk about Drew Locke and the leap he has to take. And I know he's got weapons, but that's a lot of young talent. Now Von Miller expected to be out for this out. season, or yeah. no, guaranteed out for this season, out season after tearing a tendon or something happened with his ankle tendon there. This Denver Broncos team, as much as they were like the all-hype team of the offseason, I don't know if I can buy into a secondary with this much young talent and then also an offense that has so many new faces that need yeah. to be legit stars if they're going to be a difference maker in the AFC West. Yeah, and they're really kind of the right tackle. The fact John James opting out really hurt him because Elijah Wilkinson, Whew. not that's a big downgrade. Like that, That's just not going to be good for them. And then they're already sort of thin along the offensive line. One injury now, and they're – they're just not going to be great at any position there. So uh, I do think as much as you said, you know, they're relying on a lot of rookies. One of them happens to be Jerry Judy, and I'd love to rely on yes. Jerry Judy as a my wide receiver right out the gate. So I don't think that's going to be a problem. I think Jerry Judy of that group has the best season, but I think a lot of those other guys still yeah. need to perform at yeah. or above expectation for this Denver Broncos team to live up the hype that's been created in the offseason. All right, before How about we jump- Bassey, though? Getting himself in the Getting rotation in there. Well, there. we said it love at the Senior Bowl. The Senior Bowl was like, hey, he played a ton of one-on-one outside yeah. and got brutalized. That's not who he is. That's not who he is. He's going to play in the slot, and I think he'll, he'll have better days in Denver than he did in Mobile. All right, we're going to jump to the college football week two preview now. What's on what's tap? On but before tap? we do so, we're going to hear from our sponsors. Promo code KICKOFF30 saves you 30% off any PFF subscription, including monthly and annual Edge Elite subscriptions and college football subscriptions. Now through September 14th, 2020, prepare to win your fantasy drafts with PFF's Edge or Elite subscription, which contains all of the rankings, projections, and cheat sheets necessary to dominate your leagues. All first-time depositors at Monkey Knife Fight that put at least $20 into their account while using promo code PFF will receive a free, free, PFF Edge Annual subscription. That's a $40 value for just $20. And you'll get the opportunity to turn that $20 and into, into even more money playing daily fantasy and prop games at one of the fastest growing fantasy sports sites in the United States in Monkey, in Monkey Knife Fight. Go to Monkey Knife Fight and deposit your $20 with promo code PFF today to receive your free PFF Edge Annual subscription. MooseFit is a premium online workout program and remote coaching service that provides you with daily workouts based on your goals, the time you have available, and the equipment you have at your disposal. Gyms still closed because of COVID and you don't have any equipment at your home or apartment? MooseFit has a bodyweight program that will push you and challenge you. Heading on a bench vaca- beach vacation and looking to tighten things up a bit? MooseFit has a, has a physique program. With 15 different pre-made programs, MooseFit has something for everyone. Additionally, MooseFit offers completely customized programs that are unique to each member. No two custom programs are the same. Purchase your MooseFit membership and a MooseFit coach will reach out to you with a questionnaire. Based on the information provided in the questionnaire, your MooseFit coach will either assign a pre-made program to you or will create a custom program for you. 
All workouts are delivered to members through an easy-to-use mobile and desktop application that allows you and your coach to easily track your progress and make any adjustments to your program that may be necessary. Founded by a former Army Special Operations CAPT and former Division I athlete turned professional CrossFit athlete, MooseFit is well-equipped to help you provide with daily workouts that will challenge you and help you reach your health and fitness goals. For PFF listeners, use promo code PFF50 and receive 50% off, 50% off your first month. For more information, Check them out on Instagram at MooseFit or on their website, website www.moosefit.co, not com.co. What's on tap, Mike? College football week two. Week one was tough to watch. There wasn't a ton of highlights in that week one, but we actually have FBS football, Power 5 football this upcoming week. I'm excited. Let's start the with are gonna be on. the University on of Miami, I think on Thursday taking on UAB. Two names I want to bring up, both in PFF's top 100 on the draft board, which I encourage everyone to check out on PFF.com. Quincy Roche and Brevin Jordan. Give me your thoughts on both. Roche, well, one, I just want to see like what he looks like. Mm-hmm. He listed at 245 this year, being 235 last year, and he looks skinny as hell. And he's not the type of athlete that can get by being super undersized. Like He's got to get his weight up. So does he still have did he add some explosiveness to his game with that muscle or is he uh, a 245 like uh gosh the Jakai Polite was at the combine where it just looks like he's hanging uh from all the wrong places so that I want to see and he's going to feel right back at home going up against UAB we kept saying you know what's he going to do against better tackles well he's not facing one this week he's probably just going to rack up like a double digit pressure game because that's what he did on the reg last year so Excited to see what he has. And then Brevin Jordan, another guy. How big did he get? Like, he was an, a glorified running back last year mm-hmm. playing tight end. He was just a big – he was not – He's a, a monster. Close to – yeah, not close to tight end size. Can he get his weight up? He just needs – he needs to get to probably the mid-240s to realistically – like, he could he could be like a Josiah DeGuara. People could see him in that role. But if he wants to be – like, I think he would want to be with his athleticism, a first, second-round type of tight end – that's not a role that's going to get you drafted in the first, second round. So he has to prove, you know, I can inline block or even come somewhat close to it this upcoming season. It won't be much of a test going against UAB, but it'll be nice to see both of those guys and how they've adjusted their frames over the offseason for yeah. sure. It's a, it's a damn shame that a friend of the pod won't be in this game in Gregory Rousseau, but he had high praise Greg. for Quincy Roche, and I think we're going to see that high praise come to results this upcoming Thursday. I, this might be my favorite game of the weekend, Mike. UNC versus Syracuse, baby. There's, it's I, it's not so, even going to be a game, but like prospect-wise. I, I know. I'm so it. excited to watch these guys, though. Yeah. You got Andre Sisco playing the rover role now. You got Trill Williams playing uh, free safety on the Syracuse side. Both those guys take a ton of risks. They freelance all the time, and risks lead to either big plays or bad plays, and I'm excited to see both of them, yeah. to be honest. And on the other side of the ball, we got my boy Chaz and Daz. Or no, yeah, Chaz Surratt and Daz Newsom. I like... Chaz Surratt taking a step forward this year. Yeah. This guy comes out, has a 90.0-plus single-game grade against Syracuse and racks up zero missed tackles. Yeah. I might wear a Chaz Surratt jersey into the studio next week because, I'm I, I, again, this oh, guy right. has all the potential in the world to be so much better this year. The mentality, the frame, the physical tools, just need to see it. We just need to see it, and we're hyping him up as a first round. How crazy is it, though, that UNC has a guy named Chaz and a guy named Daz? Mm-hmm. Pretty dope names, by those the are, way. But Daz knew some, their slot receiver – Got some speed, 13 deep catches last year, did some work down the football field. He's kind of a, Dad's like a pretty poor, good. poor man's KJ Hamler. Like he's not at that level of athleticism, but he is just like dynamic with the ball in his hands. And I thought, all right, as a route runner, he made PFF's latest top 100. That's on the website right now if you want to go check it out. Diami Brown also, a wide receiver prospect for yep. UNC. Legit guy. And if you want to watch for 2022, 
Sam Howell obviously will be in that top quarterback conversation when it gets to that UNC starting QB. Jumping to Iowa State, taking on the Raging Cajuns. Two names on the top 100, Brock Purdy and Charlie Kolar. You like Brock Purdy as a riser this year. We talk, I don't remember who we were talking to, but we're trying to highlight a quarterback that could jump up this year, that could you know enter that conversation, not necessarily with Trevor Lawrence, but that Tier 2 conversation. You like Brock Purdy a lot, I think, inside the top 20 on PFF's board right now. Yes, yes, I'm a big fan of his game. This isn't the game that's really... For me to watch that's going to put me over the edge i want to see him go up against some better defenses yes, which the big 12 doesn't have many of them but I, I just think he you just want to see his level of play just continue to improve uh, year in year out because that's what's going to be he's going to be a guy kind of like in the similar vein to joe burrow where it's not going to be no one's going to project him highly based off of what his arm looks like and what he can do physically with he doesn't his legs. have the sexy arm talent exactly like no one he's going to have to dominate college football to go high similar to Joe Burrow, Jared Goff, you're just going to have to play some lights out performances to go in that range. So hopefully we see that from him this year. And then on the, actually the other side of the ball, Louisiana Lafayette has one of our top eight running backs in uh, Elijah Mitchell. And Trey Ragos is also a good running back prospect. So they got a couple there. Interesting names to watch. Jumping to our Notre Dame fighting Irish going against Duke. We get to see your guy, Chris Rumpf. Mm. Will he see snaps against Eichenberg? Yeah, probably. I mean, he uh, moves up everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I just want to see him play like a full game, though, now. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what they were doing with him last year, kind of just like in and out, uh, playing him everywhere. But they don't have much else in the way Duke. Like, it's like you're not, you're not Alabama where you can afford to play this guy 400 snaps. He is your best player by far. Don't take him off the field. Chris Rumpf, so the Duke edge defender going against Liam Eikenberg, the offensive tackle for Notre Dame. That is definitely both those guys. Both in top PFF, 50 players. Both in PFF's top 50, and, and both should be a really fun matchup to watch. The other guy, the Joker, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, is going to be a stud. I am excited to watch him. Number six, so, number six for Notre Dame, 6'2", 215. Uh, played over 680 snaps this past year, earned a 76.2 PFF grade. If you're not looking at that matchup between Rumpf and Eikenberg on the opposite side of the ball, Joker for Notre Dame is is another name and that safety he's also not draft fake eligible. id fake id he's a, the kyle, kyle hamilton. hamilton oh man that guy's fun isaiah too. simmons this, this, this is the reason why i got him in the four mike in the four slot in the college football playoff i think this defense is good if in book can take a page out of burrow's book and be a little bit better this year i think we could see something see good. i didn't want you to hammer me for being a homer but i'm changing my pick ucf's gonna be notre dame now it's gonna be notre dame it's gonna be in the put the football dope, golden dome on i have to all right, Florida State versus Georgia Tech. Florida State has a ton of prospects. They inside. have the best defensive line in college football. They, they, People, they're not in the top twenty, not ranked in the top twenty-five. But when you have the best defensive line in college football and Asante Samuel Jr., like Nasrul Dean, they should be in yeah, Hamz Nasrul Dean. They should be very good defensively. Like this should be one of the best. Let's read the names here: football. Florida State going against Georgia Tech this weekend. Marvin Wilson, Corey Durden, Hamza Nasrul Dean, Asante Samuel Jr. All on the defensive side of the ball. Stoked to watch those guys. Then on the opposite side, you got Scary Terry. Terry Tor Tamorian? I don't know. Tamorian Terry. Tamorian Terry. I apologize. But for a Florida State team that isn't, you know, sniffing necessarily the college football playoff, this team is loaded with top 100 talent according to pff's yeah. board georgia tech probably won't put much of a put up much of a fight but you'll get to see some star power in this game dude this will be great for basically fsu's d-line to just eat because georgia tech's what one year removed from having all triple option based yeah, offensive this... linemen like they were awful last year that yeah. offensive line one of the worst in college football 35.6 pass blocking grade on the season georgia Thanks. tech and it's not like you can just switch that around in one year. It's going to be a few-year process before that offensive line gets up to speed. So uh, it could be ugly. 
Next game here. Uh, this is another good one. It's a shame that Jamie Newman won't be in this one because I don't know if Wake Forest is going to be able to put up the points. But Boogie Basham for Wake Forest. Trap CTN, Clemson. Trevor Lawrence, obviously. You also have Sage Surratt on Wake Forest side. Sage opted out. Sage opted out. Yeah. So this, again, this it. game is just not not what I want it to be. Boogie yeah. Basham, probably the biggest name on Wake Forest to watch. I think he's in the top 15 of PFF's draft board. But this is Clemson versus Wake Forest. Yes. Will he see, will Boogie see a little Jackson Carmen? Yeah, they would go up against each other. He rushes off the right side or did last year. So Boogie against Jack Carmen, power versus power can't wait to see that matchup that's gonna be a very good one for both kind of litmus test for both i think carmen not as high on him as some he made our top 100 but it's well down the list uh even though he was a cincy native and i loved watching him play in high school but i, I do think this is a good test for better probably a better test for boogie because if he dominates tackle like carmen Especially on the, on the big stage. Everyone's tuning in to watch Trevor Lawrence. Everyone's yeah. tuning in to watch Travis Etienne. You can do it against Jackson Carmen, oh, put some sacks up. When Clemson goes up against a bad defense, though, it's just like Hard balls out, balls yeah, out, yeah, balls no, out. That's it's true. just like he, sometimes you just have no chance going up against them. All right. Next, two more games here, and then we'll get to around the bar. 2-2 uh, Atwell season. Louisville taking on Western Kentucky, the Hilltoppers. I didn't. I didn't see a lot of fun in this game outside of 2-2. I just want to see him get the football. D'Angelo Malone for Western Kentucky made Tell TFS me top 100. Edge rusher. So he's an undersized guy, and he's probably more athletic than Rumpf or Roche. Not as productive, not nearly as productive. But when you see him close to the football, he's like 6'4", 230. Would love to see him get a little bit bigger, but he's a senior. He's been fairly productive uh, over the course of his uh, Western Kentucky career. Uh, so this will be... That's just another player to watch another in this game. Watch. I think he might end up having to move off ball, though, because he is slight. What about 2-2? you excited for 2-2? Of course I'm excited for 2-2. Okay, I'm just making sure we can get excited about the players, man. Last one here. Texas is 43-point favorites against UTEP. My I, they, college football playoff, Texas. You can, you can watch this game back? for matchups, but it's probably not worth it. Sam Cosme is a name to watch in this one. Sam Ellinger. I, I, again, but I don't know how much you're going to be able to glean from this. Like yeah, They were going to dominate this game. 43-point favorites is hefty for week one. For both teams who haven't played a game this year, I'm interested to see like what the final score is. But if Sam Cosme puts up zero pressures in a 90-plus grade, I'm going to you know kind of yawn at it, so to speak, in terms of that's the expectation here. Yeah, there's not much to look forward to here. Well, let's go ahead and get around the bar. I probably Mike. won't be watching it. Aaron Jones ain't walking through that door. No. Uh, Will Hernandez ain't walking through that door. <laughs> <laughs> you want to get you want to get around the bar. Yes. I All right. Love. We talked about him a lot on this podcast, but everyone wants to know. Clyde Edwards Hilaire, the year one rookie running back for the Kansas City Chiefs coming out of LSU, a guy that kind of really flew up draft boards late in the process, despite not a lights out combine. Like this guy's not a fast running back. You wouldn't categorize him as a speed back. But what he does do well, lateral agility, catching passes out of the backfield, and, and making people miss, which we all love. We love that near and dear. What are your expectations for him on Thursday? I need numbers. And then what are your expectations for I, him? I already gave my Thursday prediction. I'll okay. Give my season wise. Give me your 75 and 40. I don't think he gets to where Kareem Hunt was. Kareem okay. Hunt was, I thought, better in college. Okay. And he did it at obviously a smaller level, but he was. The Mac. He Leo. had, I think he still has the PFF record for most broken tackles in a season. Or if not, he's like second. 1,327 yards for him. 450 receiving yards. Oh, wow. He that did was blow Kareem that, Hunt's, that was Cream Hunt's rookie year. Like, he was very, very good. Like I said, I just don't foresee them having the offensive line to do that. And I think they also, that was when Alex Smith was the quarterback. I think Andy Reid realizes 
we're gonna pass the like we're we're yeah, gonna yeah. throw. So I I could see him having more like 750 receiving yards and like more receiving yards than Cream Hunt did, but also more around like a thousand eleven hundred rushing yards. Yeah, I mean I think fifteen hundred plus scrimmage yards this year, where yeah. you're getting like I, like a thousand on the ground, five six hundred in receiving yard uh, uh, in the receiving game, and I think, but I, where I think. Not enough can be said is he's going to score a lot because this Chiefs team is going to score a lot. And when you're in the red zone, as much as Patrick Mahomes and company are, and you're getting mismatches created for you because other guys are getting double teamed, I think he's going to be in the end zone. There's a reason he's going, what, back into the first round, top of the second round in most fantasy leagues. I I think the expectations got too high for a little bit, but they tempered to the point where we realize this Kansas City Chiefs offense is going to score. I don't give a hell if it's Daryl Williams or Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. They're going to put up numbers, and I think if he stays healthy for all 16 games, gets the volume, let's say 15, 20 touches per game, Oroy, baby. Oroy season. Next here, Tier 2 wide receivers. I'm not bringing up Ruggs, um, CeeDee Lamb, or whoever it may be in that top tier. I'm talking about Van Jefferson, who could see a decent role kind of taking snaps with Josh Reynolds in the slot for Los Angeles or even outside. T. Higgins, who probably see a dominant role in the Cincinnati Bengals offense. Denzel Mims, the New York Jets. And then Brian Edwards, the Las Vegas Raiders. Of that group, who do you think has the better rookie season? Claypool, you can throw Claypool in there too. Let's throw, let's throw Chase Claypool in there Even though I, I still consider him a tight end because you're 240 pounds, you're a tight end. Whatever it may absurd. be. Um, Claypool's gonna, also wearing number 11, which I feel like does, I, I think that's hot. Tight end. That, that's nice. I, I like Chase, Chase dude, Claypool in 11, you got Deontay number. Johnson at 18, Juju at what, 17, whatever it is, yeah. uh, or 19. I think that's a, that's an exciting receiver in the core numbers. Uh, this one's tough because, like I said, I wasn't huge fans of anyone in that group coming out outside of Higgins. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I like Higgins, but he's kind of behind, he has the toughest path to the yep. field at this point uh, in terms of just like they have three established starters ahead of him. So, I'm going to go with, of that group, I'm going to go with Van Jefferson. Damn, I think so Van that Jefferson, was my pick too. I think Van Jefferson has a productive year uh, because I think that offense is set up for what he does well. You watched him, if you watched him in Hard Knocks when Jalen Ramsey was talking about, um, you know, stuttering too much in your releases or whatever, when he was going one-on-one, that's not going to be with like a, as many bunch sets as they run. You don't have to get those clean releases off the line of scrimmage. You don't have to have guys get their hands on you as much and that's what i worried about him he's just a very skinny guy and he's mm-hmm. not going to get much bigger at this point he's already 24 years old like that is who he is he's skinny and he has the skill but not and the shake and he's not especially explosive he's fast but i don't think particularly explosive so uh but i do think in that offense with the role he's going to be in he's not going to be asked to get open one-on-one on his own he's going to kind of be given space to work and once he has space i think that's when he's very good at manipulating defenders setting up his routes so i do think in that offense very well suited for him i could foresee him putting up a good rookie season i mean i could have said it better myself van was my pick as well receivers coach is his his dad's receivers coach we talked about him a ton in the pre-draft process about doing the little things well Mm -hmm. and i think in the rams offense with sean McVay pulling the strings doing the little things well is enough you're going to get the football and you're going to be productive i do i I am looking forward to who i'm looking forward to seeing the most though out of this group is brian edwards because like i said i wasn't super high on him coming out but a lot of other people were we had him a fourth round so like as much as i wasn't super high on him that's he went in the third went in the mid third so we're only like around later than where he went but at the same time, it was a difficult. It was another situation that was just difficult to evaluate the talent with what he was asked to do, the routes they ran, and how bad the quarterback was there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I I trust that the rave reviews coming out of camp, like he is probably impressing. I just want to see what he's doing that's impressing. And week one, uh, we'll get that opportunity. All righty then. Lastly, here we talk about the Las Vegas Raiders young secondary. What I want to know of this group. Who is the best? Who who performs the best of this group? Trayvon Mullen, Damon Arnett, 
Jonathan Abram, first and second year guys, who has the best season in 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 Las Vegas? God, you're putting me on the spot with that one. I, I'll go with I'll actually go with Damon Arnett out of that one, even though I did not care for that pick. I still was higher on him than I was Trayvon Mullen coming out, and I think the scheme that he ran there was NFL ready, and he attacks the catch points, a physical guy. Uh, you know, had a lot of PBUs last year. I, I think he probably will be the best of that group. But man, I, I don't like this group. I, I don't think the only, tough group. the only thing saving them from not really getting torched this year is that Philip Rivers left. Like if they had to go up against Drew Locke and those Broncos wide receivers, obviously the Chiefs, and then Philip Rivers and the Chargers wide receivers six times a year, it would have gotten out of there. I think Jonathan Abram has a really good year this year, playing in the box. Ooh. Playing the run, I think you're gonna. He's gonna earn high run defense grades. He just needs to stay healthy. Like yeah. the guy's an animal. I, I think he's gonna ultimately stay healthy. I mean, he's gonna ultimately have a lot of plays on the football. Mm-hmm. I think ta- he tackles well, whatever it may be. I think in coverage, suspect. You know, going against these top tight ends in the NFL, but I think he'll play well against the run. Maybe earn up the highest grade. I don't think he gives up as many explosive plays yeah. as Damon Arnett and Trayvon Mullen. That's gonna do it for the. Wednesday edition of Two for One Drafts, the final podcast before the 2020 NFL season. We're going to jump to two podcasts per week next week. I encourage everyone to rate and review the podcast. It helps us. It keeps the checks coming. It keeps bacon on the table. It keeps that gold chain Mike's wearing, if you're watching on YouTube, around his neck. Definitely encourage you to rate and review the podcast. But until next time, Austin Gale and Mike Renner, Two for One Drafts.